0: That was, a, that was a new one. Did y'all like it? Did y'all like that one? Yeah, love that one. You may be seated. Um, I always tell people that's, that's a setup question because I always tell people if you didn't like it, we weren't singing it to you anyway. Um, so that's kind of a setup question. I, I got to start out tonight um, with a confession. I've started out all day and this is going well. I think you love it when I confess stuff because you don't feel as messed up and, and so it kind of puts us all on an even page. So let me just start with a confession. And if you're from a church background, if you if you have a lot of church experience, you're not going to like this, but let me explain it before you write me off as a heretic, okay? Deal? Deal. Good. I don't like everything that is written in the Bible. I don't. I don't like it. And um, every once in a while, I'll meet somebody that says they like it, and that, that all automatically tells me that. They haven't read it. Now, let me be clear. I believe the Bible is the inerrant, infallible word of God. I think everything in the Bible is true. I believe, I believe it, it's good, but I don't like it. And neither do you. Let me give you a few examples. There's just sometimes I want to be selfish. Anybody in this room ever want to be selfish? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like husbands, for example. Husbands, when you're at a meal and and the server comes and the server's like, hey, would anybody like dessert? And your wife says, oh, my gosh, I'm so full. I couldn't eat another bite. I could not eat another bite. And you go, well, I want that dessert special thing. And they bring the dessert special thing out. And, and the server said, I brought two forks. And you're thinking, well, we don't need two forks because she can't eat another bite. And as soon as she sees your dessert, she says, oh, my gosh, can I have a... Yep, it's happened, hasn't it? And all of a sudden, in that moment, in that moment, you can't tell me that you're thinking, "I love God's word because it tells me I should share and I should." No, you want to be in that moment. You want to be like, "Why didn't you order one? Why didn't you order one? Why well, didn't want a whole one? Why well, I, I would have eaten mine and yours after you had a bite." And and guys, guys, is it ever just a bite? No. She she don't want French fries, so she sees yours, right? Am I right? So there's sometimes you just want to be selfish. Hold on, let me cut my watch off because somebody just texted me and I'm in the middle of a service. There we go. Um, there's sometimes I just want to slap somebody. Anybody ever feel that way? Like you're at the store and somebody's, and you just, man, you just want to slap. Some of y'all raised both hands. I don't think y'all should have done that, but. But, but the Bible tells us that we can't just go around slapping people. Now, the reason I say that is because there's some verses that we like and there's some verses that we don't like. And, and the verse I'm about to share with you has been a point of controversy in the church for years. I remember when I first got into church world, I didn't know there was that, a lot of controversy around certain verses. Um, but Paul, the Apostle Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, is writing a letter to the church in Ephesus, which is a fascinating story on its own. And he, he's talking about relationships, specifically the husband and the wife. And this is how he starts out this whole section. He says, "Um, and further submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So starting off, Paul says, the husband and the wife, you should be mutually submissive. So in other words, we're, we're a team, correct? We work together, correct? Is this how it's supposed to be? However... On every team, there has to be a primary decision maker. There has to be one person that makes the final decision. Who is going to be held accountable for that? Well, let's look what, what Paul said. He said, for wives, this means submit. Submit. Husbands, turn to your wife and say, no, don't do that. This means submit to your husbands. As to the Lord. Now, I didn't know there's controversy around this verse. There's, there, there are women going, I don't believe that applies anymore. And I'm, I mean, it, it does. But I've also seen this verse misused. And so, so for some of you, you're here tonight going, oh my gosh. Listen, by the end of this message, I promise I will not have you in a denim jumper with a doily on your head making your own butter okay that's not where we're going with this that's not submission does not mean stupidity and leadership does not mean lordship so what is this for wives this means submit to your husbands as to the lord so if the husband and the wife are equal both created in the image of god one of these days men we're going to stand in front of god and we're going to be held accountable for, for we're going to be held accountable not just for our lives, but for our family. So when God puts the leadership on a man, and, and here's the reason God didn't say it's a 50-50 deal. Husbands, let's say you and your wife walked out of this room, you got in a car. The car had a steering wheel, each, each seat, driver's side, driver's side, no passenger side. Steering wheel, gas pedal, brake pedal, all with equal authority. Most of, most of us don't, don't make it home tonight. Heck, most of us don't make it out of the parking lot tonight. So somebody's got to be the decision maker. So so the question, the question that we get sometimes is, Pastor P, I got a question. What if my husband is not a strong leader? What if my husband has protectile dysfunction? What if my husband isn't stepping up and being the man that he needs to be? And I think that's a really great question. In fact, tonight, men, um, I know it's a, I know it's a women's series, but we're we're, we're kind of taking we're kind of taking a little turn. We're going to challenge the men tonight, and don't worry. Next week we're back to the women. In fact, the title, of the message next week is how to put how to deal with a controlling, manipulative, ma- manipulative woman. Okay, that'll be a lot of fun. <laughs> it's in the Bible, y'all. I got to teach you. I got to teach it. Now the only people that got mad are the controlling women and um. <laughs> Don't send me your email this week because I'm not reading it. You'll find out why in just a second. Um, in, in this text, well, if you've been reading the text devotional, you've seen this. If not, I'll catch you up. There's a guy named Abraham. He lives in the land of Ur. And I've always loved that. Where are you from? Ur. Okay, that's good. So he's from Ur, and God tells him to go to Canaan, which is modern-day Israel. But he didn't know where he was going. God said, you need to pick up all your stuff, and take your wife and, and, and just go. And, and Abram was like, where do I go? And he said, like, I'll tell you when you get there. And like we said this week, God blesses our footprints, not our butt prints. And so Abram just starts walking. And he gets to the land of Canaan. And the Bible says he walks all around this land. And he's, he's building an altar. And he's like, man, this is it. This is awesome. This is amazing. I have arrived. And hopefully everybody in this room knows what it's like to, to feel like things are moving forward in your relationship with God. Like, hey, I'm in a good season. I'm, I'm in a good stride. I feel like I'm doing pretty good. Like, none of us are perfect, but all, hopefully most of us know what that's like. Hey, this is awesome. And then something happens, and you're not going to believe this. This is crazy. We've, we've made so much progress in the world, because I can't believe something like this would happen. Watch this. Um, oh, I forgot this. As a man, my top priority as a man should be to continually strive to become a fully devoted follower of Jesus. I can't believe I almost skipped over this. The reason I put this slide in there is because Shannon and I were standing on this stage or sitting on this stage with Chris and Holly Brown. Chris and Holly Brown are two wonderful friends of ours. They're they're pastors in Columbia, Tennessee, and they both have strong personalities, strong personalities. And Shannon asked Holly the question, Holly, with you having a strong personality and Chris having a strong personality, how do you submit and follow his leadership? And Holly's answer was so quick and it was so direct, and I remember it. Holly said, I don't have a problem following Chris because I know Chris follows Jesus. And men, I went, like, I was sitting there going, man, that that challenged me. And so men, the best thing for, for us, we need to live the kind of life that when our wife reads, Wives submit to your husbands as to the Lord. She thinks, "Oh yeah, that's easy. That's easy. It's a piece of cake." Because I know that guy follows Jesus. Now we're into the story. You're not going to believe what happened here. Got ahead of myself. At that time, a severe famine struck the land of Canaan, forcing Abram to go down to Egypt, where he lived. As a foreigner. Now I know you're. This is going to be so hard to believe because you've never seen anything like this. But a a national catastrophe happened that they didn't see coming that forced people to depend on the government. Isn't that crazy? Isn't it funny how much progress we've made in I don't know four or five thousand years? By the way, that was a side reference to COVID and we cut down. Anyway, so so a severe famine struck the land of Canaan. Now Abram's loving Canaan until the famine hit. And the Bible says he was forced to go down to Egypt. But hold on. So far in his journey, every step has been guided by God. And now we see him forced to go down to Egypt. But God didn't tell him to go. God had never told Abram, go to Egypt. So what we see here is Abram leading out of fear not faith. And how many of us know that when we are full of fear, we just don't make smart decisions? If, if we are full of fear, we, we can't make a wise, godly decision. And everything in this world is geared toward, toward focus, focusing our attention on fear. And so Abram is freaked out, and he goes down to Egypt, where they're gonna live as a foreigner. Now, watch this. Ladies, you're gonna see this a mile away. As he was approaching the border of Egypt, hold on, let me do this again. It didn't shut off. On. There we go. Bam. I've literally gotten four text messages. Y'all ain't funny. As he was approaching the border of Egypt, Abram said to his wife Sarah, Look, baby. So fine. I'm, it's a Hebrew translation. Um, now, women women are born with a B.S. detector. Now, some of them choose not to use it sometimes, but but women know when he's being serious and when he just wants to take a nap. Am I right, ladies? Am I right? Okay, good. So. So Sarah's like, okay, what what, now? What do you want? What do you want? Now watch what he does because he was not being led by faith. He's being led by fear. And men, when we're led by fear, that's what we speak into our wife. That's why we gotta be real careful. Watch what he does. When the Egyptians see you, by the way, oh, I didn't even say this this morning. You see where he's placing the blame? This is your fault. I mean, I know I led us here, and we're going here because of my decision. It's all my, but, uh, but it's really your fault. I mean, and men, we, we, we suck at doing, like, we do that. We try to blame her for all our mess. Have you, anyway, different story, different time. When the Egyptians see you, they will say, this is Hill's wife. Let's kill him. Well, if you're Sarah, you probably don't want Abram to die. I mean, at this point, probably not, right? And then we can have her. So in other words, he said, listen, they're going to take you when they see how beautiful you are. Now, she's 65, so she must have been a hot 65, all right? (laughs) So please tell them you are my sister. Then they will spare my life and treat me well because of their interest in you. In other words, he's like, Sarah, I got this idea. I would, I would kind of like to be your pimp. There's not a woman in this room going, that is a hot man right there. He was, he was leading her out of fear. And here's the problem. Here's the problem. He wasn't willing to fight. I don't know if he got to Canaan and went to this seminar on toxic masculinity and he sat in and I, I don't know if you've heard all all masculinity is toxic, and that's not true. There, there are toxic, toxic men, but not all masculinity is bad. I'm just telling you. I, I will probably never write a parenting book, and if I did, you wouldn't buy it. I'm going to tell you why I, you wouldn't buy it. Um, because let, let's say hypothetically that Shannon and I have a little boy Name Boaz. <laughs> I'm gonna tell y'all what I'm gonna teach my son. You're not going to, some of you aren't gonna like this and that's fine because it's my son and I get to teach little Boaz what to do. I'm gonna teach him my philosophy. If you're ever in a situation where a fight is going to happen and there's no way out of it, you make sure you throw the first punch. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. I got one guy. <laughs> the rest of us, the rest of us grew up with dads that said, "Don't you better not start it, but you better finish it." Okay. One time, I followed my father's philosophy. This guy used my head for a mop and my butt for a broom, and I went, "You know what? Let me rethink through this." I, I'm just telling you. Now I'm not. Listen, I hadn't had to use this in like 20 something years, so I'm not. I'm not looking to get in a fight out in the lobby tonight. I'm just saying. If, there's a, if, there's gonna, if I'm going to have to fight, I'm going to throw the first punch. Now, now, that doesn't make me a toxic man. That makes me a man. And it's true spiritually as well. Men, we need to be willing to throw the first punch spiritually when it comes to leading our family. Because if not, see, we don't naturally gravitate toward following Jesus there has to be some effort into it. And what would happen if every man in this room, every man watching online said, you know what? For the next week, just try for a week, just try for a week. Every morning, I'm gonna get up 10 minutes early and I'm gonna throw the first punch spiritually for my family. I'm gonna pray over my wife. I'm gonna pray over my kids. I'm gonna read a little scripture. I'm gonna listen to a word, whatever you do that makes you feel closer to God. What, what would or could happen if you did this. It could make a difference. And it'll take time. It'll take time. But, but leaders leaders are, are developed over time. And I'm telling you guys, it works. I remember talking to a couple one time and I'm going, kind of going back and forth. Every once in a while, somebody comes to me for advice and I'm like, don't come to me for advice. I'm the world, I just, my advice is usually get over it, pray hard, read your Bible and go see Somebody that's more qualified than me. I was trying to work with this couple, and I told this guy, I was like, listen, dude, are you spending time in the Word? No. Are you praying? No, I don't know how. I was like, okay, just, just pick the, I said, let's start with the Gospel of John. This is what I tell everybody. Let's start with the Gospel of John. Just read a chapter a day. In 21 days, you will complete the entire book of John. Give it a try. He said, all right, man, we'll do it. About two or three weeks later, I'm sitting with him and his wife. I said, how's that Bible thing going? And he, they both kind of looked at each other and giggled like, a, like an inside joke giggle. You know me. I'm just like, what's this? What's that? She went, oh, it's working. I said, care to explain? She said, I came downstairs this morning. And he was sitting at the table reading his Bible. Oh, God, I just wanted him right there. I was like, you're right, I didn't want to know. You're right there. He said, we were late for work. I went, stop, I don't, I don't want to, no, I don't want to know. Reading the Bible makes you sexy, man. Oh, I heard a woman say amen, here you go. So now watch what happens, watch what happens because you would think that this scheme isn't going to work. But men, here's why we got to be careful. The world will actually reward us for abandoning our family. Watch. Stay with me. And sure enough, this is how I think the Bible was written in southern Israel because somebody says, sure enough, when Abram arrived in Egypt, everyone noticed Sarah's beauty. And when the palace officials saw her, They sang her praises to Pharaoh, watch this, their king. And Sarah was taken into his palace. Mm. Men, if we don't lead our family, Satan will. She got taken in to the palace because Abraham was over here. And that's what some men go, well, I, I just didn't want to say anything, and, and we think that makes, makes us virtuous when it actually makes us weak. I'm Abram. I'm like, you want my wife? You're going to have to fight. And if I die, I die. But you're going to bleed. That's what I would say. Anyway, verse 16, then Pharaoh gave Abram many gifts. Don't miss that. See, if you'll abandon your family, You'll get a promotion. You'll get a raise. You can move halfway across the country and make twice as much money and never see them. That's what happened. Then Pharaoh gave Abram many gifts because of her. Sheep, goats, cattle, male and female donkeys, male and female servants, and camels. Threw in a pack of cigarettes right there. I, I, guess, that was, <laughs> I guess that was worth it. So, so Abram moves from faith to fear leads his wife in fear, speaks fear into her, and before we know it, she's literally taken in by the enemy and he gets rewarded for it. Now, ladies, let me push the pause button here and say there's three things that you need to understand about men. Some of you already know these things and they will be reminders and some need to be reminded, reminded of these things. Number one, we are clueless. Not about all things, just about you. Because you are a woman. And I don't care how many gender studies they do and how much external stuff you change, the mind of a man and the mind of a woman are not the same. Men, we don't think about, we don't think things through sometimes. Shannon and I were having an argument one night driving down the road, and when I say argument, it wasn't a discussion, it wasn't a, a talk, it was an argument, and I was getting my butt kicked. And men, sometimes when we, we're in an argument, the point of the argument, like, we're not trying to settle the dispute anymore, we're trying to win the argument. And I made her so angry that she literally said, in, our, in the truck, we were, we were right beside Anmed, driving toward our house, and she said... This is obviously isn't going anywhere. I'm gonna sit right here and just keep my mouth shut for the rest of the drive. That could have been it, but no, I'm clueless. My response to that was that would be a freaking miracle. And and then it was just, right, right. There's some women in here going, you're going to hell. You're probably right. But we're clueless because because when it comes to women, details matter. Right, ladies? This is why you can remember all the details about a conversation and men can only remember the bottom line. How many of you have told your husband something eight times and on the ninth time he gets it? We're clueless. We don't know you want the details. This is why this is a conversation between two men. You ready? I'm standing here. Let's say Ryan. Ryan, our worship leader. Let's say Ryan's standing here. I get a text. I'm like, Ryan, dude man, I just got this text. Um, It's from from Jeff. Jeff said, hey, man, please pray for me. I've been in a wreck. And Ryan would say, man, that's bad. Let's pray for Jeff. If a woman is standing there and the same thing happens, and I say, just got a text from Jeff. It says, please pray for me. I've been in a wreck. Oh my gosh, was Linda with him? I, 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 the text just says, hey man, please pray for me. I was, I was in a wreck. Which car was he driving? The text says, pray for me, because I was in a wreck. What, you know what, just text Jeff, there you go. I, if he doesn't reply, he's dead. I don't, I don't know, I, I don't know whether, but details matter details matter and this is why men this is why men have such a hard time understanding sometimes how to communicate to a woman what's important to her women are complicated in fact men we can't effectively lead our family without God's help if you're trying to be the husband and the leader in your family and not asking God for help. Here's why you should go to God. He made her. He's the manufacturer. (laughs) If anybody gets her, he gets her. And he created, listen, I think it's beautiful. I think he created the woman to be so complex that we knew we couldn't do it on our own. We needed help. Okay, so here's the invitation. James, the half-brother of Jesus, said, if you need wisdom, if you need wisdom, men, if you need wisdom about how to lead your family, about how to be the spiritual leader of your home, here's what's beautiful. Ask our generous God, and he will give it to you, and he will not rebuke you for asking. God will give you wis- now, I asked for this, going back to that argument. I hadn't shared this part before. As soon as I said, that would be a freaking miracle to Shannon, God went, apologize. And I did the next day. <laughs> now I think it's a little bit sooner. But, but, but God will speak to us like that. He'll just constantly, God, fill me with the wisdom that I need to lead my home. Everybody can pray that prayer. Everybody can pray that prayer. It took less than 30 seconds. But if you say it and you mean it, God, God will bless us not, not, only, not sparingly, but generously. Oh, and by the way, ladies, when I tell him to ask God how to lead you, just let God talk to him. Because sometimes a guy can't hear God because his wife won't be quiet long enough for him to hear. <laughs> we'll talk about that a little bit more next week, all right? Second thing you need to know about women and our, our men is we are careless. We're careless. We, we Statistically, this is true. You can look it up on just about any website research. Women outlive men by 10 years, typically. You know Why? Women, women actually go to the doctor and get checked for things that need to get checked. Men, we don't go get things. A man can be bleeding from the ears for, for three months and be like, yeah, I'm going to get that checked out one day. I'm going to get that checked out just losing blood, like losing blood left and right. We're careless. And the reason we're careless is, is because we think, we, we think we're indestructible, Correct. This is a true story. Everything I'm about to tell you is 100% true. This is not made up. This is just proof that I am not the sharpest knife in the drawer and God can really use foolish things to confound the wise. When I turned 40, I got all this medical advice. Happened when I turned 52. And I didn't listen to the 50 because the 40 messed me up. And they kept saying, there were the people that were going, you need to get your prostate checked, you need to get your prostate checked, you need to get your prostate I didn't know what that was. I didn't know what the prostate was. I didn't know where it was, and I didn't know how you got it checked. So I was at my doctor's office, and he's like, you need to get your prostate checked. And I was like, well, let's go ahead and check that thing. He's like, I don't do that here. That should have been a red flag. No. He said, I got to send you to another doctor. I was like, awesome. He said, this is the one I highly recommend. I waited about two or three weeks. I got in. And I introduced myself, and he's like, oh, I know you, da, 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 da. And he's like, well, he said, I see you here on my chart. You're here to get your prostate checked. And I said, yes, sir, yes, sir. Let's go ahead and let's go ahead and get that done. And he said, well, I'm going to need you to take your pants down to about your knees, turn around, and bend over. <laughs> I was like, we just met. I just... <laughs> I, I feel like you should be paying me for this. Like, what is happening? What is happening? I literally told him, I said, "Can let's just pretend I don't know anything about a prostate. And, you, and he said, you have no idea what's about to happen to you. I said, no, sir. He walked me through it. I said, you're going to do what? <laughs> and he finished. And I said, sir, you are a dirty man. <laughs> then I thought who in like the 7th or 8th grade thinks I think I know what I want to do with my life. I want to anyway <laughs> It was so insane. But but you know, you got to go through those exams, you got to go through those exams and men not only are we careless sometimes physically, we get careless spiritually as well. We get careless and once again, I'm gonna say it again, I'm gonna keep repeating myself. We don't naturally drift toward Jesus, so we got to develop this thing called oh my gosh, people hate this word, they hate this word, but it's so necessary. We got to develop this thing called discipline. Discipline. It's, it's, that, it's that thing that will take you to the next level. It's that thing that's so underdeveloped in our world. I, I saw, oh my gosh, I, I don't know if y'all seen the girl on TikTok this week. She's going viral, crying about her nine to five job. Have y'all seen this? I work nine to five. And I'm like, that's all? That's all? I got people in my church that work more hours in two days than you work all week long. I, discipline, discipline. I know water went everywhere, it's fine. Nothing ruined. Discipline. I had somebody tell me the other day, because I always post my workouts. He said, I sure do wish I had the time to work out that you have. And I said, you do. You got the same 24 hours that I've got. And he said, oh, no, but i gotta do, do. I said, stop, stop, stop for a minute. Stop for a minute. I'm going to stop you right there. I said, I get up at 4 o'clock on Sunday mornings to get my workout in. Before I come to church, you're welcome to come over and get in and work out. You got to get up at 4 he didn't show up. I'm just, but, but I'm just saying, don't tell me you don't have time. It, in, in fact, let me just kind of put this out there. It's not that you don't have time. It's that it's not a priority. We've got to discipline ourselves. That 10 minutes a day, it's not going to happen. Listen, I promise you, when you wake up in the morning, men, if you're like, I'm going to start that, you're going to wake up in the morning, and I promise you the devil's going to be like, go back to sleep for 10 minutes. That's why the apostle Paul said this in 1 Corinthians 9. He said, don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize? Now, I love this. So run to win. In other words, Paul said, don't be content with a participation trophy. Like, run to win the thing. Then he goes on to say this. He said, all athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize So I run with purpose in every step. I am not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Men, in Christ, in Christ, we can do this too. Paul had the Holy Spirit living in him. If we have the Holy Spirit living in us, we can do this too. I was talking to a guy back in the first timers area Last Sunday, it was last Sunday, and uh, he he said, "I've been clean for four hours. I'm gonna celebrate that. I do. I celebrate four hours, four days, four years. I mean, the fact that you could you could clean up for the afternoon to show up at church, man, I'll celebrate that with you. And I and we were look, I looked at him. I looked at him. I've never said this before, but I looked at him. I said, I said you can beat this. I said, you know how I know." And he looked at me, at this time, his eyes are just full of tears. He said, no, how do you know? I said, sir, you are looking at the weakest man on the planet. And he looked at me and he said, you? I said, yes, sir. I said, I'm the weakest man on the planet. And he said, it sure doesn't seem that way. And I said, let me tell you, (laughs) let me tell you why it doesn't seem that way. That's Jesus in me over time, changing me. Anything that's good about me, I told him this, anything that's good about me that you see, it's all because of Jesus. I am weak and I am worthless on my own. But Jesus, when he saved me, not only power washed my soul, but he gave me the ability to discipline myself on a daily basis to walk closer and closer and closer with him. And if he did it for me, he'll do it for you. So... That leads to the third point. We, we can be cruel. I, uh, I love to talk and joke about feedback I get from certain illustrations. I offend people from time to time, and we get some feedback. Now, I'm going to go ahead and tell you 90 to 95% of the feedback that I receive personally is always good. It, it always is, it's always very encouraging. But I was thinking the other day, because somebody asked me, and I had to sit down and think about it, what is the thing that you said or did that brought you the most criticism ever in the history of your ministry? And when I remembered it, and this is true, it, wasn't, it didn't have anything to do about cats. <laughs> because, nope, gonna leave it there. It didn't, have, it didn't have anything to do with Gamecocks. didn't have anything to do with South Carolina. It had to do with a Sunday where I called out men who use a deer camera to hunt with. And I said, if you are a man that uses a deer camera, you are not a true hunter, and you should turn in your hunting license. And you... Oh my, you talk about getting mad. <laughs> M- men started firing off. E- I was like, what is happening? How can you say that? Because I can. You're proving my point, sir. You're crying about the fact that I made fun of you using a deer camera. Why is it not? G- because the deer don't get a camera on you. Make it fair. You want to you wanna hunt? Strip down naked, get a knife, run into the woods, and kill it. That's a hunter right there. Give the deer a shot. Can the camera? Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. But men can be cruel. I mean, you should see some of the stuff that was said about me when I made fun of, of the deer camera stuff. And, and, and men, we can be, we can be cruel when it comes to. I mean, we can be cruel when it comes to our wife. Leading our family. Can, can we all agree that Abraham was cruel to Sarah? Yes. Huh. There's some people that are like, I would never, I would never, I would never sell my wife out to Pharaoh. But would you give her up for the fairway? Would you give her up to go fishing or hunting? Or, see, Pharaoh can take any form of hobby. Pharaoh is a hobby, Pharaoh is a job. Pharaoh is a promotion. Did y'all, y'all feel that tension in the room? That's good. See, I like that. Men can be cruel, because what happens, what happens is most of us men in the room, many of us men, have a have a father wound. We've got some daddy issues that have not been resolved. Now, if you're a man, you got a great relationship with your father, you you are the exception. I I think it was 90 to 95% of the violent criminals in prison don't have a relationship with their father. After I did some study on this, I realized, you know what? We could bring America back to God with one generation. And it, it has nothing to do with who's in the government. It's simply men deciding, I'm going to be the man, I'm going to be the husband, I'm going to be the father, and if I'm, a, if I'm going to lay around and play around, I'm going to be man enough to stay around, and I'm going to raise my child up to fear and love and serve the Lord and lead my family. We could, we could literally take this nation back. But, but if we're not careful, we allow pain, and all of us, every man in this room, every man in this room, has experienced pain. And listen, don't try to compare your pain to somebody else's. Your pain is your pain and it hurts, period. I've done this all day and this hadn't been in my notes and I, I, just, I just need to stop right here and say this to somebody in the room. I felt like there's been somebody all day. that You've gone through a divorce and it sucks. I've gone through a divorce. It sucks. The whole process sucks. but there's somebody here tonight and you're blaming your problems on your ex. What's the problem with that, Pastor P? Here's the problem, you're a victim. And you've heard me say it so many times, victims never walk in victory. I'm sorry he hurt you, I'm sorry she hurt you, but you're out of that relationship and if you're still giving them power over you, you got to let that crap go. I don't know who that was for, but that was for somebody. Getting back to the story, we can, we can be cruel. So when men have pain in our lives and we don't know how to process it because any book I've ever read about a great leader, whether it's a political leader, sports leader, um, any type of leader at all, that person had to overcome intense amount of pain to get to the top. So pain can either be that thing that we allow Satan to use to push us down or pain can be the platform that we step up on and, and let God use it to build us up as men. We get to choose. But men filled with pain that don't know how to turn it over to the Lord, we, we deal with it like, um, I don't know, we drink too much. We look at porn. We overeat. We verbally and physically abuse a woman. And if that's you and you're here tonight, I'm just telling you, you're better than that. You don't have to live that way. The power of Jesus in you can deliver you from anything you're going through. And don't tell me about your grandpa and about your daddy and about how they did it. And so you're going to do it. So you're going to... Opt into a generational curse. I don't. I, I'm gonna go ahead and tell you this. I'm just gonna offend some charismatics. I don't believe in generational curses. You can't blame your sins on your father and your grandfather. We are responsible for our, for our lives. And I'm telling you, by the power of Jesus, you can walk in victory, even though your father and your grandfather didn't. So, so this is so this is what happens. Because men, if we don't fight for our wives. God will fight for her. And it don't turn out so good for us. Abram got kicked out. Watch this. But the Lord sent a terrible plague upon Pharaoh and his household because of Sarah, Abram's wife. So Pharaoh summoned Abram and accused him sharply. In the Hebrew, it's a little bit stronger than that. What have you done to me, he demanded. Why didn't you tell me she was your wife? Why did you say she is my sister and allow me to take her as my wife? Now then, here's your wife. Take her and get out of here. Basically kicking him out of the country. So verse 20, Pharaoh ordered some of his men to escort them and sent Abram out of the country along with his wife and all his possessions. Abram got kicked out of the the only place he thought where he could actually get a meal. He thought he was getting promoted and he actually got kicked out because God will fight for his daughters. You know how I know this? Because i got a daughter. Now, I'm using this picture because she don't like it, but she's not here this weekend, so I didn't, get to, I didn't have to ask her permission. Because she, but this is one of my favorite pictures of, of myself and Karis. And men, men, how many of you have a daughter? How many of you have a daughter? Raise your hand. It's not fair what they do to our hearts, is it, as soon as they're born? As soon as they're born. I remember the minute I saw Karis, I was, I was like, crap. I'm done. I used to be that guy that said, I would, go, I would go to the mall and I would be like, I don't understand why people go into Build-A-Bear. I was with a friend one time. I said, see all those people in there, they're idiots. They're idiots because they're paying so much. Money. Kara is three, four, five years old. I'm, I spent $4,878 to Build-A-Bear. I, I, I was like, it's your little girl, right? If she wants it, she gets it. And I listen, ah, oh my gosh, I love my little girl. She's not dating yet. She probably will one day. I've talked about it since she was a baby. I've had people tell me, Pastor you understand by you talking about it has probably scared a lot of guys from asking her out. I'm like, what's the point? <laughs> Men, if you got a daughter, you, you'll, totally, you'll totally dig this. I've already got the, the talk plan when the guy comes. When he comes in, he's gonna shake my hand. First of all, if that handshake, ain't a man handshake I will send him away I will I'll be like nah you're going to need to leave and if he says is that your choice I'm like yeah I'm her father and we're looking for something a little bit better than you so go home get your daddy to teach you how to shake a hand I can teach you but he comes up and he shakes my hand here to pick up Karis Mr. Noble he better call me Mr. Noble I'm going to say All right. Here's the deal. Let's say his name's Timmy. Here's the deal, Timmy. I have a shovel and I can dig a hole. Have her home by 10. Y'all have fun. Now, some people are like, that's so mean, except for dads with daughters. Every dad with a daughter is like 10, 930. She better be home at 930. That's when she better. But there's nothing I wouldn't do for that little girl here's what's crazy, the Bible says correctly that as much as I love her, I am an imperfect earthly father. And I am, I have screwed some stuff up. I am not the perfect dad. And I love her that much. Now, if that's how much I love her as an imperfect father, how much does a perfect heavenly father love you? There's a, there's a lady here tonight and you need to hear this. God is fighting for you. And God is fighting for your heart. And you might not see it right now, but I promise one of these days, you're gonna see the fact that he fought for you and you're gonna celebrate. He's gonna turn your, your weeping into celebration. And men, this is why we got to take this stuff seriously. Look what God says, this is my last verse. Look what God says about how we treat his daughters. He said in 1 Peter 3, 7, in the same way, you husbands must give honor to your wives. Treat your wife with understanding as you live together. She may be weaker than you You are, but she is your equal partner in God's gift of new life. Watch this, treat her as you should, so your prayers will not be hindered. In other words, God said, don't talk to me if you've been mistreating my daughter. Don't talk to me if you've been mistreating my little girl. You go make things right with her. And then that's how serious God takes this man. So for every man in the room, I don't want you to leave discouraged tonight. I want you to know this. In God's time, He can take us from who we are to who we need to be. That daily discipline, He will absolutely work. Listen, if He brought Jesus back from the dead and Jesus lives in us, that means nothing is impossible, that we can have victory over anything that seems to be having victory over us. And if you're a woman here tonight and you feel like God has abandoned you or forgotten you, or maybe you've asked the question recently God, where are you? Isn't it? awesome that you're in a room tonight hearing somebody say God is fighting for your heart because he loves you and he wants nothing but the best for your life so God I want to thank you tonight for who you are and I want to thank you for what you're doing and I want to thank you for being so good and I want to thank you for loving us God even we were doing some stuff that God honestly didn't make us very lovable I want to thank you God for not running after us to get us back but to to bring us back. God, I wanna thank you that you continue for your pursuit because you want greater things for us than we want for ourselves, God. Thank you for who you are. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for what you're gonna do. Jesus, I wanna thank you that you showed us the Father. And God, that you're always good and you're always kind. Tonight with heads bowed and eyes closed all over this room, maybe you're a lady here tonight you just need to say, God, thank you for fighting. Thank you for fighting for me. Because he's fighting for your heart. Maybe you're a guy here tonight. You need to tell God, God, I, I want you to do a work in me so I can become the man that can lead my wife, so I can become the man to lead my children, so I can be- you can develop me. Maybe you're here tonight and you don't know Christ. You've never asked Jesus to come into your life. And if you don't have Jesus, there is no potential for change, but with with Jesus in your life, the potential for change is unlimited. So if you're here tonight and you know you need to pray to receive Christ, I wanna invite you right where you stand right now to ask Jesus to come into your life and save you. I'm gonna ask you, if you wanna ask Christ into your life, to say a prayer with me, just repeat it with me. And I'm gonna ask you to repeat this prayer out loud but not alone because everybody in this room in our Second Chance family, we're gonna say this prayer with you so you can know that you're stepping into a relationship with Jesus supported by so many people in this room. So if you're here tonight you wanna to pray to receive Christ, pray this with me. In Second Chance family, let's make sure they're not praying it alone. Just say, Jesus Christ, I know that I'm a sinner and I need you as my savior. I believe you died on the cross and rose from the grave to pay for my sin and right now jesus i declare you as lord come into my life and take over in jesus name i pray with heads bowed and eyes closed all over this room i want you to do me a favor if you just prayed that prayer and you just asked christ to come into your life i want to pray with you and i want to pray for you so would you let me know who you are just by putting your hand up in there and just leave it up for a minute because i want to pray with you i want to celebrate with you thank you oh man that's that's awesome keep them up keep them up keep them up i want to look all over the room i'm looking god thank you so much all day long yep yep right back here i see it thank you god all day long you have saved people all day long you have changed lives all day long you have brought death to life all day long jesus you filled us full of hope all day long you've reminded us of your love for us all day long you've reminded us of your grace and your mercy all day long jesus you've reminded us that your strength in us enables us to accomplish immeasurably more than all we could ever ask or imagine because greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world we love you jesus we celebrate your name and everybody that agreed with this said amen amen are you glad you came to church tonight y'all have a great week and we'll see y'all back next sunday